Hey everyone, you're listening to Laser, the Material Science Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about lightsabers, atomic force microscopes built out of Lego, a Curiosity Space Rover, and shooting asteroids with lasers to deflect them. This week did run a little long, but we tried to keep the content, the edited content, to about an hour. So, hope you enjoy it. To the laser podcast. Laser. Laser, yeah. Laser. laser stands for Let's Agree Science and Engineering are Rad. Oh. I just. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Cameron Copus. I'm Sivan Markowitz. I'm Chase Yerdebell. Uh, this is the first time we've had Chase on. Chase is an engineer for a major space agency. I wouldn't say agency. We're an independent contractor. I work for Orbital Sciences. I don't know if you want to say the Orbital Sciences. I don't, I, would, I, don't. Uh, I don't care. Okay, cool. I'm a contractor. But you do work on space stuff. I do work on space stuff. We launch a bunch of stuff into space. It's totally rad. All right. Which is why I'm on the show. Which right? is why I'm on the show. Yeah, cool. And Sivan was on the previous show, so I'm not going to introduce her other than she's a graduate student in material science, and she is working for a semiconductor tool manufacturer. Uh, well, then the first story I think we want to talk about is this uh, lightsabers thing. Oh. When I saw that, I was pretty excited. Uh, I believe lightsabers is kind of a misnomer. Yeah, a little bit. But, well, the like title... A, a little bit. A lot of it. It's, a, it's, it's incredibly a misnomer. <laughs> okay. The title of the article is, Scientists Create New Form of Matter. Photon molecules act like a lightsaber. And this was, like, all over the internet. I think I saw 10, 15 articles about it. But of this course, one... because lightsaber. Yeah. And yeah. Star Wars. And, so... that means a, and that means a very specific thing to people who live on the internet, which means, holy crap, someday I might actually be able to cut things in half with a lightsaber. Yeah. As opposed to what this actually is, which is we, under vacuum, with really, with, like, really cold temperatures, we were able to lump a bu- get a bunch of photons to lump together into, a fo- into matter, into, a, like, something with mass... And then it fell apart as soon as we removed vacuum. <laughs> well, maybe it'd be a good place to start talking about what a photon is for those who might not know. Okay. Well, first, I guess this, is, this comes from a paper that was published in Nature Letters. Uh, author was Ofer Furstenberg, and it was an MIT-Harvard collaboration. So anyhow, photon, uh, by definition, is a quantum of light and that possesses wave-particle duality. Properties. Whoa. So, whoa, let's whoa, wait, wait. let's break it wait. down. Let's How about we just say a photon is like a piece of light? I wanted to it's break it particle. down. That sounds so. It's ed- also a wave. It's so, a particle and a wave. <laughs> <laughs> well, is so the photon that up for me, by the way? <laughs> 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 well, basically, a photon doesn't have mass, which is why when Chase said like photons together have mass in this article, that they found like that's significant because photons by themselves do not possess quantifiable mass. Any mass, yeah. But they were so, able to get photons to act like they have mass, which I think is that's that's pretty interesting. So how did they do that, Cameron? Well, <laughs> according to the, the paper that they published, what they did was they took a vacuum chamber and they pumped in rubidium gas. So rubidium is 
I don't know, it's a pretty heavy metal. I don't actually have a periodic table in front of me. But they pumped in rubidium atoms in the vacuum. So they pumped out all the air, put in the rubidium, and they cooled it really, really cold so that the atoms were kind of suspended and almost a little bit frozen. Then they fired really short laser pulses in that were only a few photons. So they'd have to be like really short laser pulses or and really weak. That's the, oh, here's a periodic table. That should actually be the theme of this week's topic, which is actually just very brief laser pulses. Okay, all right, yeah. That is pretty much what they what, what we what they did in a lot of these. Okay, all right. We'll say that the uh, topic this week's topic is brief laser pulses. All right, uh, rubidium is element number forty-four. Oh, it's not even that heavy. It's just a little bit. It's lighter than silver. Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure why they chose rubidium. The paper didn't actually say that very much. They just they were making an optical trap. So I don't know if rubidium has special properties. It's going to use up that extra money in the budget somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the truth behind all papers. Yeah, yeah. Just, just get the most expensive molecules you can find, man. So it was actually really interesting because they, they bombarded these um, rubidium gas atoms with photons, which is essentially light. And then the photons, when they hit the atom, they lost energy, which they gave to the rubidium atom, which then in turn got excited. Slightly excited. Slightly a, excited. A normal excitation is different. These were Rydberg excitations, oh. so it's like it's a partial excitation. It's in between. It's not. So it's quite, not vibrational and it's not excitonic. It's in the middle. No, it's it's not quite an electron going to the next state. It's somewhere in between that. That sounds kind of hinky to me. Is that... I don't know how Rydberg excitations I, work. Yeah, that doesn't sound very... Well, it's interesting. But basically, the photon imparts its energy to the um, rubidium atoms it hit, and then it hits enough of them, and so it slows down. And you have all these photons doing it with all the rubidium atoms, is from what I understood from reading the article. And then when they exit this cloud, they exit... The photons, like, exit together, or they exit not alone. Yeah, that was what they were talking about that was, what was significant about the findings was actually they found that rather than just going coming out with less energy, they, they all clumped together mm -hmm. and formed something that acted like it had mass, and that's what they're calling a lightsaber. Yeah, so I think what they said... again, they makes them dirty liars, because <laughs> that can't cut anything in half. You can't. It can't exist when you with the snap of a button. It's not a lightsaber. They're liars. I, I think yeah. the part of the lightsaber that they're talking about, though, is that like when if you had two of these Rydberg excitation packets or whatever they are, two of these massive photon things hit into each other, they would bounce off each other or act like massive particles. Yeah. I'm Under, and the, oh, and let's, maybe. Actually, let's actually discuss why that's important because nor yeah normally normally when photon when photons interact they just pass through each other without any interaction they just sort of mm -hmm. go through well they they would make an interference pattern they would interact as waves not as, as particles yes and right. that's so well, that wave particle that whole duality becomes, right yeah, they interact <laughs> with each other as waves not as particles so yes. that's like a, a whole that's big the whole thing big about photons where now they're like now they would actually act like they would act like particles instead of waves yeah. when they interacted and that's Which, that's that's like a significant thing i think yeah. that's kind of cool so I'm still really hung up on the fact that they're dirty liars. I wonder, uh, yeah, I want to know who came up with the fact that they are calling it a lightsaber. Well, because photons are technically a unit of light, and they're stuck in this, quote, medium okay. of, like, rubidium atom clouds. But so it, it wasn't, it, the lightsaber wasn't in the paper, and good thing if it were, it probably wouldn't have been published. It's probably the editor. Uh, it's probably the no, editor. No, some, one, yeah. somebody picked it up, 
read the paper and said, holy crap, that could be a lightsaber, offhand, spread around the internet because the internet likes to amplify the silliest things that scientists say kind of offhand. A scientist could say, oh, we found that in lab rats, this, this dye can cause cancer, like an increase of 5% over, you know, nominal, and then the internet will say green dye causes cancer. Okay, yeah. It's just, a, it's just an echo and, repeat, and, you know, amplifying chamber for the stupidest things ever. Especially since it was published in Nature. So it means it had, or in Nature's Letters, it wasn't a full, it, was, it wasn't a full paper, it was a letter. Uh, so yeah, it's, it has that, first of all, Nature only picks the real exciting papers, and then the internet will read all of Nature every time, and people who don't really understand it, like us. <laughs> you know, they were, they were actually saying in the paper um, that the photonic behavior is like a residual effect from the atomic interaction, meaning like the atomic interaction was pretty much the main thing that they were going for, and then seeing the photons behave that way later was like, oh, this is unexpected and really awesome. Let's investigate this further. Wait. Go back. You're saying that the initial intent was to try to get the photons to interact with interact with a, like a, a, an atom in general? They said like this, oh, I'm sorry, they said like this, it's a quote, a photonic interaction that's mediated by the atomic interaction. Okay. So I misunderstood. So, so I'd say it's pretty much facilitated by the atomic interaction, like it wouldn't occur without those atoms being present and then those photons interacting with them. Yeah. Okay. Right? That's how I understood it. I, I think that's how I think it's, yeah, okay. it's, it, it's a little bit different than, than the photons just going through the... Cloud. The cloud, or just exciting one of the atoms, and then the atoms all hitting each other. Right. I mean, it's, it sounded like they. It's something. It's like something in between that. I mean, they pretty much excited a number of atoms, right? And because photons, you have to remember, photons a particle. It's not just like a little tennis ball you're tossing at another tennis ball. It's not a particle. Well, I mean, it is a particle. It's, it's also a wave. <laughs> it interacts. Like, yeah. That's that's my that's my high quality contribution to this discussion. <laughs> we're we're glad to know your your quantum prowess. So that's pretty interesting. I wonder where the, where where they will take it from here. The paper said that there were good applications in uh, or potential applications in quantum computing. Like you could actually make an optical uh, transistor, a single photon optical transistor, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be that's... pretty interesting. Again, they're gonna to have to refine to the point where they don't need this giant vacuum chamber. And well, like quantum computers so could, are right now they're at like four Kelvin, and it's already complicated enough that a vacuum chamber I don't think would make it any worse. Quantum computing is pretty complicated. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool story. Yeah. Well, I can't think of a transition. Right, do you guys have a transition? Actually, you know, I can. Can I actually ask? Yeah. Go back to the whole quantum computing thing, real quick. Why didn't they make, you know, do you think that that's, that's actually a pretty cool feature? I wonder why they chose to amplify that, like, not call that, like, I think there was a quote from one of the researchers that said, a lightsaber is not an inapt comparison. Oh, that is where it came from. Yeah. And he said, but I wonder why they chose to, you know, focus on that rather than the fact that quantum computing also sounds super cool because everybody just knows anything with quantum in it is rad. Well, like what, quantum leap the show. what paper are you going to pick? Uh, click on? What article are you going to click on on the internet? Plus, with all the Star Wars, like, redoing the movies five billion times every three years. Like, Ugh. you know, everyone's into, like, lightsabers and whatnot. Well, but I'm saying a quantum computer is less disingenuous and also still really cool. It is. I would agree. So, 
I don't trust these researchers because they've lost me. They've lost my trust. <laughs> You're not going to vote for them in the next. Just election. because I won't vote, I, won't, I won't vote for them on America's Next Top Scientist. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's just not going to. They've happen. lost your vote already. I don't. I also don't trust their shifting names either. I don't think I would watch it. Their Swedish chef names. I don't think I would watch America's Next Top Scientist. Why wouldn't you watch America's Next Top Scientist? It would be so much fun to just mock them. What if, like... It'd be like that time we sat around and watched Nova about material science and made fun of it. (laughs) Oh, it was terrible. Nova. Nova's usually good. You sound so betrayed, like, all these years later. I trusted you, Nova. (laughs) (laughs) How could you? Everybody's... You know what? You're right. America's Next Top Scientist would probably be a really terrible show, just because... When, to actually get people that care about science, they have to just remove all that science stuff from it, from it which is why Bill Nye the Science Guy oh. rarely talks about science. Did you hear he's on Dancing with the Stars? He's awesome. And did you also hear he tore a knee ligament uh-huh. during some dance? Yeah, during practice. Yeah. No, but during the actual show, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, wow. Let's, let's think about all of our, like, celebrity scientists, I oh. guess. You know, you got Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is awesome. I'm not denying that Bill Nye, the science guy, and Neil deGrasse Tyson are awesome, but I also, like, are they actually scientists, or are they just talking... Neil deGrasse Tyson is an actual scientist. What does he do? He is the head of the Hayden Planetarium, but he's a... So uh, he's sort of, only sort of a scientist. He's an astrophysicist. He just happens to be the head of this planetarium. Okay. But, yeah, so, I mean, but, like, this whole celebrity scientist thing, and then also, uh, there's that, there's that, uh... Facebook page that I, I love science. It's not about science. It's not about science. No, it is. They have, if you go through there, they have things that are actually little Im- science image macros. Those get like a thousand likes. The ones that are just like, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson put up against space saying things about atheism or whatever. <laughs> that gets 50,000 likes. Because people don't actually really want to talk about science because it's hard. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it doesn't X- have to be hard. XKCD is more about science than like a lot of things. That's true. Yes. Actually. SNBC Theater. And, and, SNBC. and Saturday morning breakfast cereal, yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are very enjoyable, actually. They I are, think they're hysterical. They're super hilarious. They are. Or super sad, depending on like, oh, the one yeah. where like yeah. well, rotate Zach, the earth around so they can spend more time together. Like, Zach Wiener this kind of... Uh, oh, no, she's talking about XKCD right now. I am. Oh, okay. I am. We're talking, Randall Monroe. We're talking about Zach Wieners, but Randall Monroe is like, He's depressing sometimes. He goes through cycles. Well, I mean, his, his fiance has cancer, and there's that. You know? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, just like photons that are waves that have these properties. But you know who's always awesome is Ryan North. Who? Dinosaur Comics. Oh, the really terribly drawn ones? It's not that it's, it's terribly, not really terribly drawn. drawn. It's the wait, deco- wait, we're oh. talking about XKCD, and you're going to say Dinosaur no, no, Comics no. is terribly drawn? No, dinosaur like, Comics only has one panel of art. <laughs> I'm trying to identify Dinosaur Comics to see that I'm talking about the same thing, you guys. I love that, that our science so podcast has dissolved to us talking about webcomics within 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, something uh, like that. These ones, yeah, these are terrible. They're not they terrible. What? Of course they make sense. They're stupid. I, I came here to be entertained, not to read, okay? <laughs> oh, whatever. You guys... Anyway. You did guys you hear depressing they me. made an AFM out of Legos? That's... That, wow. That's an excellent what? transitional stuff yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah, good job. Okay, moving on to the next topic, so we can finally get out of this webcomic funk. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> we never really finished talking about celebrity scientists. No, that's okay. I don't I don't really have anything profound to say. I just... <laughs> As a general, general theme... 
Oh, yeah. Welcome to Chase's life. <laughs> oh All right, it's so, like that movie with um, Will Ferrell where he finds out that there's like this author narrating his life. If, if Chase's life were to be life to, were to be narrated, uh, like Stranger Than Fiction. Yes. Was that Will yes. Ferrell? Yes. Yeah, it was. So. But I know that I'll forget the look of pity in her face. When I'm living in my solar dome on a platform in space Cause it's gonna be the future soon And I won't always feel this way When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away It's gonna be the future soon I've never seen it quite so clear and When my heart is breaking I can close my eyes And it's already Okay. But anyways, that AFN. AFM out of Legos. Yeah. So Sorry, it's an is... AFN with, as in Nancy, because it's a nanoscope, apparently. Can I just but say, what the heck? It's not an atomic force nan. It's just, they just call it a nanoscope. I don't think I'll a nanometer. Yeah, why don't we just call right. it a nanobot? <laughs> First of all. Anything that has nano that doesn't make sense with this title. This it has, Nano makes sense. I like how bizarrely outraged Savannah is by this thing. Like, they're British. No. They're British <laughs> no. and Chinese. They said it's an AFM. As sure in, just Chinese. As in micro. So oh. so why are they calling no. calling it an it atomic is, force nanoscope if it's an AFM? Did the article say that? The title is... Uh, yeah, look it up. I don't think so. Wait, I have it. They said AFM. They mentioned AFM, 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 and the title is atomic force nanoscope. Like, yeah. Can you at least be consistent with what you're calling it? Okay, Savannah. Getting very upset about misnomers. It's not a microscope. Actually, that's... It's called attention to detail, Chase. I think you should definitely put... Instead of laser, there should be called complaining about, uh, you know... Articles? No, not articles. Uh, what am I thinking of? Complaining about science. No. Published science. Complaining about semantics. Okay. Look at this. They say, <laughs> atomic force nanoscope built with Lego, blah, blah, blah. And the first line says... The world's first low-cost atomic force I feel microscope. Like, I feel like yes, that's what the stands. I think I okay. One, they didn't write that article. No. Okay, fine. That was on Science World Report, which has links to how to like. Then Mr. Mark Hoffman, who apparently wrote this article, needs to be consistent because that's not cool. But that's anyway, awesome. the point is they made they made an AFM out of Legos, yeah, which is completely sick, and also it costs less than five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's awesome. That's sweet. It is. It is. I would, I'm not denying that it's sweet and like, awesome and like way cool. So there was there was an article a few years ago about some professor who came up with a way to make an AFM for a thousand dollars or something, and the internet was flipping out, and they posted the plans online, and it was awesome. This one's five hundred dollars. I mean, I could go build. An AFM. I already have all the Legos. Paul already has the 3D printer. Yeah. Perfect. So why don't we do this? We just I'll, need the tip. And we'll we, okay. we can make the tips. And tip. I have AFM tips from work. Hello. We can, we can make the tips, too. Wait, but why don't we start off introducing this? So, low-cost atomic force nanoscope built with Lego by students is the title this of the This is the article. least focused podcast ever. Whatever. It's <laughs> Welcome to podcasting. Is this your first podcast? <laughs> Did we just pop your podcast, Jerry? That's wow, podcast there's no need to be crude. <laughs> that's my job. Stop <laughs> stepping on my turf. Sorry. We're talking about science. We're talking about the fact that Legos are totally sweet. They are. What will we... Okay, let's... Okay, so let's, this, what, what, this okay. article... Let's talk about what an AFM is. All right, an AFM is an atomic force microscope. So what it is is it's... Oh, fine. Shut up. Do you have a better... <laughs> AFM no, really stands for atomic force microscope. And what it is... It's a very thin needle that you move over a surface of Cameron's something. Cameron's moving his hand now. <laughs> you have to... 
Nobody can see you move your hand. It's right? okay. I can see me moving my hand, and you two can see me moving my hand. <laughs> and your listeners can't. This isn't for us. This is for yeah. them. First, let's explain what an AFM is. Okay, fine. Okay. So you can trace the contours using a really thin needle. It gets, you go down to, what is it? It's like nanometer resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can basically get, get yourself a 3D picture of not only the actual like surface of what you're examining, but you can also... Uh, can determine see. So, you can see some of like the different wetting properties on the surface because you know if it's a st- if it's like a stickier surface it'll drag you'll get the drag data if it's a much harder surface like a ceramic it'll be like the, the data patterns will be different so it's actually like a really useful characterization tool on I think the, I think the only thing where it's lacking is that you can't really uh, get chemical data off yeah you can't get chemical data and you can't see atoms it's no. more but you can see molecules and but surface. it's also offset by the fact that you can get these things that now if you can build the it's offset that you don't need vacuum oh yeah mm-hmm. you don't need vacuum and that's pretty gr- to get nanometer <clears throat> scale resolution without vacuum is very very useful and now with what's a nanometer what's a nanometer one times ten to the negative nine meters bam <laughs> I was quizzing you. <laughs> Are, it's no. How do you explain an animator? It's a super it's, small. It's one very, one. Wait, ten to the. It's ten angstroms. Six. So point zero 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 one meters. Okay, it's very very it's small, people. It's a, very a millimeter small. divided by one million is a nanometer. Okay, Ren. It's just you're messing around with the zeros at this point. Does it really? It's a meter mean? divided by a billion. <laughs> Look, I'm Cameron, and I can divide zeros. I just—it's one hundred thousand times smaller than a human hair. Maybe you also disrupted a great train I was on, discussing why this is friggin' awesome. Okay, continue also, with why this is awesome. It needs a really stable surface, which is very important. But not really. Not really. All the way, know, the way that the commercial ones are even is you have a. Uh, we have a commercial one at work. Well, all right, some just, of the cheap ones. You just have to. You have a paper stone hung by. Bungee cords. Yeah, that's all it is. You, just, you, it. Just, you just have to get. You just have to take out vibrational stuff from the sure. ground. Sure, well, yeah. that's what I meant. But it's not. It's not fancy scientific equipment. It's, it's literally not like a, a TEM, stone Sure, but it still has to have some. Bungee cords. You can't just like build it in, like on your table at home. Like, you, you need to have literally could. That's the whole point. But to go back to yeah, especially now that we can do it, we can do it for five hundred bucks off com- with commercial off the shelf parts yeah. and three D printers. Yeah. I'm just saying you need to stabilize this like a little bit, but. Enough. The thing we need to discuss right now is that it's like this is two hundred times cheaper than the cheapest currently available model. Really, like they're saying it's a hundred thousand. Well, it's about a hundred thousand plus right. to build an to build an AFM now, out of like right out of you know just you know the fancy scientific parts. But this is five hundred dollars. This is one two hundredth of the cost. You could if you build it out of this kind of stuff, you could just have one in every laboratory. You could have one in a high school lab. Yeah, it costs nothing. Five hundred dollars is cheaper than a classroom of textbooks. Five hundred dollars is cheaper than most just regular old microscopes. You know, you can buy like it's a, cheaper than your rent, depending on oh, where you are. It is. It's yeah. probably cheaper than your rent. Wow. Yeah. I just need to live in a box for a month, <laughs> two weeks, and then yeah, a month. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's you know that's just like amazing. You could have one of these and just. And it's every a, single, every classroom, everywhere. It's like economical science. Pretty yeah, much, it's. Right? I think we should get Congress to mandate it goes right underneath the declaration or the the Constitution in every classroom. A microscope in every classroom. A microscope in every classroom. No child. I'm I'm actually sort of reminded of a Lewis Black's routine where he's talking about like something like seventy percent of the of the of the micro schools in Alabama do not have microscopes 
What? An yeah. entire school without a mic? How do you have biology? 70% of the schools. All of them. So seven out of every ten don't have any microscopes. Is that true? That was the report he read. This is from a... This is a ten-year-old skit, man. Okay. Or no, wait, sorry. It's... 15 years old, because Clinton was still president when he did it. Okay, 15-year-old <coughs> comedy sketch about the So are you going to take that as gospel? But I'm saying... Yeah. That's crazy. I think it's... I think you're... I think the mandate... We should probably mandate, like, just regular old microscopes where, like, you know, it's like, <laughs> hey, do you want to, like, actually give them, like, the power to, like, actually just draw? Or, like, to, like, to, like, to image, to make it... Well, and actually, you know what... First, I think first we just need to we teach need, science at all, so maybe maybe, we need, maybe we'll get to that but later. But we should also discuss the fact that, yes, the actual part itself is cheaper now, but software, the price of like scientific software is just obscene. It yeah, is. It's true. really obscene. It costs, it's, you, you build it once and then every single thing you do, every single copy you sell is pure, pure gravy. Um, for example, my... Um, my father is a uh, he's a mass spectroscopist at Dow Chemical, and he uh, he has a, he bought a new GC mass spec for his lab, and the software and with it they came with bundled with two copies of the software, and he said that's not good enough. We need at least six so everybody in the lab can have it on their computer. Like the licenses, and right? they tried to sell him four additional licenses for I think it was a hundred thousand dollars. That's ridiculous. And he he la- and he laughed in their face and said, "You can you, we'll buy it from someone else. We'll buy we'll buy another we'll buy it from someone else. You'll throw those copies. It's not costing you anything. You'll throw them in for free, or we'll buy we'll buy it from someone else." And they caved. But most teachers aren't going to have that option. Yeah, they're not going to have the pull of Dow Chemical. Right, you're not going to have the pull. You're not like a big commercial client. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean, you can. You know, I don't think any of us are in favor of the government saying to a company, you know, you can't you can't. You, like these are the prices that you have to pay for us. Although that is how military contracting works, as it is. Yeah, but this this that's uh, another thing about this thing. All right, the way that they built this was they went to this uh, Lego to Nano summer school program in mm-hmm. Beijing. So it was a bunch of universities, and they you applied and you <clears throat> went to Beijing to do this summer program. And the whole idea was we're going to build an AFM out of Lego so that it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they said they built it in five days. It was how long it took them to build it to physically put to, it together to come up with the whole thing. <clears throat> they oh, took invented really? it. Took them five days, and then I think they they also developed the software because they said you, the software for this is super cheap. You can make it an Android app. No, they said they're, they're already no. And no, that you're, you're misquoting the article. The article oh, okay. is saying that they're going that that low cost, low tech. Um, is get or relatively low tech. Your smartphone is po- like a thousand times more powerful than the computers that sent the first, like our first satellites in orbit, or sent the yeah. first Voyager. Uh, any of that stuff. Your cell phone is more powerful than Voyager, which is like oh yeah, like, like relating the, back talk, to the other. We podcast. talked about that last time. Yeah, that and that's funny. just uh, it's just. But like they're saying that you know, yeah, it's getting co- comparatively more low tech. To do science because commercial technology is catching up to profi- like professional like yeah. science grade technology. Yeah. So, yeah, you can run that stuff as a. But the, the article wasn't saying you could run this software as a smartphone. I app. think you it could. Was, I don't. I don't know anything about the AFM software. I, for all I know, you could. I'm saying, like you know, if somebody designs some open source uh, 
AFM software, then, you know, the, we're the, golden. That would be perfect. Well, it just depends on the capabilities you want. Like, what are you going to use most, and what's the most popular, and For what's AFM, the most realistic? For AFM, you don't really need that much. Most of what you use is ImageJ, well, which I mean, is free. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, when, as opposed to you have... So much. When you have, like, the software that Chase was mentioning that's, like, hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of money, as opposed to, like, the soft, the parts of the software you actually use, it's like Excel. You know, Excel is extremely powerful, but how many people use it to its full extent? Not that many. I do. Well, good <laughs> So, okay. you're awesome. But I'm just saying, it's that same type of thing. Like, the AFM, like, you use it for three or four different applications, different applications and that's it. So, you, they probably match the software to those applications. Well, I mean... Again, the example I gave with with the mass spectroscopy software, it's very different because it actually has to, like, calculate. You know, it's to count, you know, hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of thousands of particles per minute. Right. And has to, you know, weigh each one of them and assemble that into like a, a little graph that looks like you know just somebody just drew a bunch of lines, and it's it's not a very impressive result. But what's happening is the calculations are very impressive. But for an AFM, that wouldn't be as much. Software to do it's mostly just rendering an image, and <clears throat> but that depends if you want like a three D image or you want like a cross section again. Or that's you want whatever. It's, like I'm saying, I think like the most you could popular... write the software with Excel though. Uh, again, again, I, really I think it'd be I, I think it'd be very easy to write so- software for this for anybody who is competent. I think sure. I too. Yeah, sure. and you could write an AFM program. I, I mean, it's not that yeah. hard. I mean, it's like, X, Y, and Z. I mean, like, a, like I mean, a yeah. da- but I'm, I'm saying like a. a down and dirty version of it would be very easy to write. But yeah. I'm saying if you wanted something like nicer that you could you know, like actually print out like nice looking graphs and like yeah. you know, good looking graphics and things, mm-hmm. that would probably be a little bit more difficult. But which obviously, if you're doing research that's going to be published, you want that. But if you're just if you're just trying to show kids like, yo, this is what the surface of this looks like, and look at how much variation there is, something that you thought was smooth. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. it is. Especially since we, there's like a big push to get kids more interested in science and engineering. Yeah. And this is since, a good way to do it. Yeah, it's a if great way to do it. they can see the molecules on the surface and of they're something. they're like, oh, Legos, we played with like now, plus like awesome science, things we can't see, but we can see now with this AFM, like that's pretty sweet. Like they yeah. can relate to it better, but I think. Going back to what we were talking about with trying to get the push to get kids involved in science, <clears throat> I just want to point out that this whole low cost thing, I think there's definitely a disconnect in... Uh, the media's portrayal of science and what you do with science, and then what what scientists themselves are pushing for, which is this low cost, down and dirty kind of stuff that's very simple to use. So I think that there's actually a little bit of a letdown. I know that every time I went to a real lab, like for a real company that's like you know you're making things in this lab, I'm always a little bit let down because it's very very basic, basic, yeah, R- rudimentary, very very rudimentary. I have. Uh, in the previous company I worked for, our lab was actually very, for for an actual lab, it was very very well equipped. It had three three SEMs. Really. It was totally rad. Wow. But. But it's but when I went in there. I was still very let down because the hardware and all the trimmings and stuff for all for all of those machines had not been updated since 1980. Yeah. So you want things that are, but so I think kids like you and I had to show kids around the lab on Bring Your Daughter to Work Day, and a lot of them seem very put out at the idea that if you work hard your whole life and become a scientist, you can go work in this dirty room that has not been updated since the '80s in a tiny cubicle and work with machinery that's older than your parents. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it's, kind of depressing. And that's and it's like kind of a huge moment. And then like, but then in the media, it's like you go to like in a movie. If there's like scientists in a lab, 
it's always like gleaming white and immaculate and you know everybody's got a lab coat like a stylishly designed lab coat with a uh, with lapels and things. I think it just depends which lab you go to. Obviously, like that's not the one lab to demonstrate what all labs are like. Like, it's well, just... no, I'm saying but, you know, that's more. Like, like a... wait, look at a university. I mean, the <laughs> RBS lab that I'm in half the time, it's equipment from the '50s. Mm -hmm. It's nuclear equipment from the '50s, and it's like. But you have a lot of it. You have a lot of different. There's just a ton of stuff, and it's amazing to us who understand who understand it, right? Because you can but, still do amazing things but, with it. But, but it's point, from the '50s. But it, I think it scares away. People, but if you show people that before they understand why that stuff is amazing, I think it scares people away. Sure. I yeah. I th you know it's we like we need more tangible demonstrations. I mean, the way they did it with freshmen at the MSC program in ASU, yeah. like a visual representation of oh look, this changed color or this did something. This was due to X Y Z science facts. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, actually, uh, I think the the undergrad laboratory at ASU was a great way to transition people in without scaring them off. It was because it was a very sleek, clean looking lab, and it was very nice. Look and I'm just saying, I think and you like saw phenomena. Right? Mm -hmm. That was very tangible, like to our senses, to visual and auditory, what have you, that can be backed by science. And it's like, and if you, like, you know, it's like, I think it really puts people out to just see how, how messy it is, but once you actually show them what you're doing, mm -hmm. it, they, they, they get, it's really great. Like, we were that, at that place, uh, like, the, the demonstrations I was running for the kids was actually, um, we had uh, gold coated a bunch of dead bugs. Oh, really? Yeah, and so we were uh, so we were taking putting them in the sim and just zooming in. It's like, hey, check out their legs. This is what's going on with their That's legs. That's really and, cool. Yeah, actually. it was really cool. Are you I kidding had, me? <laughs> I had more fun with it than the kids did. I got to actually, you know, use the machine, which is super sweet. It is. We is had it like five billion buttons. Oh, we had, no, we had no. It's it was a, this was the new one. This was a Zeiss, and so it basically oh, yeah. had everything. Everything was keyboard commands. And two like controlling knobs. It was. Oh, that's cool. It was that's so really great. Awesome. It was like it was like a video game. It was amazing. I loved every <laughs> second. Of it. All right. I missed that Zeiss. If I ever had enough money to buy my own sim, I'd buy a Zeiss. Hey, you that's know an endorsement right there. Everybody listening, that is an endorsement. Buy a Zeiss. Well, all right. Well, so Zeiss, if you're uh, if you're listening, please send us some money. Yes, please send us a send us a sample thing. We'll, we a will sample love. sem, please. <laughs> it could work. Joel, too. I'll take a Joel. I don't care. Hey, you, you can, know what? The you next can, you can get a Joel. Just go on eBay. You can get your you can get a Joel. <laughs> you know what? And then you can enjoy how much it sucks. The next oh. Lego thing that will be built will be a sun, right? I don't think so. No, I know there's vacuum and lasers and stuff. I understand, but I'm just saying, like for the future, I, they can figure it I out. I love, I love Legos, man, but they, be really cool. they are not gonna. No. They will not survive having a vacuum pole. Oh, that guys, that whole thing will crumble. Sorry, Savon. No, I was trying to like lead into what we what? had previously talked to. What, we what if you about. What if you coated the interior with like some sort of like ceramic paste? Would that work? Maybe. Maybe. If it's thick enough, and yeah. you hold the vacuum, mm -hmm. that okay, would be wait. sick. Okay, well, the last topic was Second AFL. Second last? No, the previous topic. Oh, I was see. Was AFL. Okay. So, I think next we should talk about this video that you guys are so upset about discussing. Alright, so then like... we do this. Everybody, pause this, if you're listening to it, and Google a boy and his Adam. IBM. IBM. It's an IBM video. Watch it. And then come back. We'll give you five seconds to do that. The animation chops on it are very weak. I don't... They did it frame by frame. What do you expect? I was making better time... time you know, what is it? Stop... What do they call that? Stop, stop motion. motion. Stop motion animation videos when I was a kid out of Legos. Because I love Legos. <laughs> okay, so what this, the video was, was it was a stop motion video made by IBM. 
using individual atoms of carbon monoxide stuck to a copper plate. And it's not super advanced. It's but cute. It's cute, yeah. It is. And it's, it's kind of cool, because you can see the individual atoms. It's not AFM. This is STM, so scanning, tunneling, oh, microscopy. So it's a little bit more advanced technique than AFM, but almost the same. It's a needle that goes real close to the surface, and you tunnel electrons from the bottom material that you're looking at onto the needle, onto the needle, or the other way around, and then that's how you get to see where the atoms are. So it, it uses has magnetism. Yeah. To do that, magnetism is what it said. I don't think magnetism is correct. That's what no, they said at the bottom of the work? article. I wow. Okay. <laughs> Anyway. Yes. <laughs> and now we're all thinking about juggalos. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my so they, they dragged around these atoms and they made a little stop motion video of carbon monoxide atoms and it's a little boy playing with a ball. Which is an atom. Which is an atom. It's literally an atom. It's like a little tennis ball and then they make it like a jump, uh, trampoline. Yeah. I almost call it a jumpling. A trampoline. Jumpoline. I like that. Let's call it a jumpoline. It's certainly more accurate than trampoline. But I really just wanted to talk about that video because I thought it was funny and sort of related. Oh my gosh, this video is really cool looking. And they're basically trying to display... Um, okay, it's not that cool. Atomic it's, memory. It's, it's just cool. cool. It was yeah. cute. It was a demonstration for their single molecule atomic or magnetic memory. Mm-hmm. Oh. In your face, whoever taught chemistry, whoever taught chemistry at Roscommon High School, because you were wrong. They can take pictures of individual atoms. Wait, who said that? Uh, what are you talking about? Oh, sorry, I didn't bring that up. Uh, we were talking about this before we were like doing the pre the pre prep thing. I was like, you know, I want to tell a story about. Yeah, and I stopped you. Yeah, chemistry teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a chemistry teacher at the high school I didn't go to. <laughs> the one high school yet, you didn't go to? You well, went to all the efforts. I didn't go to because I would have gone to had I not gone to private school. Okay. Um, but all of my friends from middle school went on to go to this high school. And my parents... Tutored. Wait, I thought you were homeschooled. My, my parents tutored uh, the, a lot of these kids. And um, my um, they were talking about... Um, when she came back and said, yeah, you know, I think atoms are pretty neat, blah, blah, blah. It's a pity you can't image them individually. Nobody's ever seen an atom. And my dad about flipped his, his lid because he's like, that is just fundamentally wrong. Everything you said was wrong. <laughs> so, wait, the teacher said that the you can never you, see an atom. You, you will never be able to see an atom. Nobody can ever do it. Had she really? never heard of transmission electron microscopy or She was teaching chemistry AFM. in rural Michigan. But, all right. For a terrible high school in a terrible school district. Oh. I mean, I guess the textbook <laughs> might have said that. I mean, we, let's, I, I, let's face it, those textbooks were probably... Uh, from the 60s. Yeah, or earlier. Okay, so Chase, since you're the uh, space... Space. Space. The space bird. Since you're the space space. Yeah, what, I don't know what even know. We're not, we're not doing your portmanteau, okay? <laughs> the space expert <clears throat> is a space bird. Chase, why don't you introduce the next topic? All right, our next topic with no transition. Oh, my goodness. Wait, transition. Do you want else has atoms in it? <laughs> All matter. <laughs> Mars. Mars is made Mars entirely is of made atoms. Mars is made entirely of atoms. Who knew? It's the first planet we discovered that is also made of atoms, in addition to the Earth. All other planets are made by lies. The government conspiracy? 
Yes. About so we discovered planet. Pluto isn't a planet. Pluto is not a planet. You should have followed that trail. But is Pluto made of atoms? Well, it's yet to be seen. I think we should talk about the hollow Earth theory for a while. Uh, <laughs> time cube? No. no! Not time cube. <laughs> not time cube. Con- it's convex. Not Earth. time cube. All right. We talked about time cube not two shows ago. Time cube. You didn't invite me for time cube, but you invited me for let's talk about atoms and crap. Thanks a lot. And sure. lasers. Sorry, bro. Particle man, particle man, doing the things a particle can. What's he like? It's not important. Particle man, is he a dot or is he a speck? When he's underwater, does he get wet or does the water get him instead? Nobody knows. Particle man. On another planet that it's also made of atoms, I, I nailed that one. Right? Um, so Mars. So the Mars rover uh, Curiosity found water in the first sample of the planet's surface, and that is significant. That's pretty cool, I think. Yes. It is. So they're saying, and the fact they found it in the very first sample, instead of just you know sifting through looking for it for over, over, oh. and over. It's actually pretty neat. Okay, I, okay, so I... It's interesting that you should say that, because I was reading this article, and it later down the article, it mentions how, you know, it took the sample from the soil, it heated it up to 835 degrees Celsius, mm-hmm. and then it analyzed what it had in there. Um, so one of the things it mentions it had in there was chlorine and oxygen, and they, they said Chlor- that... Chlorine, yeah. Petrochloride. Right, so they... Chlorine and petrochloride, right. So they mentioned that they had found these traces in higher altitudes in Mars... So that would lead me to believe that this may not actually be the first sample they've taken. Maybe no, the first sample of dirt. It was the first sample of dirt. Is that right? Then yeah. what were the previous ones? Not of dirt. Then of what? Atmosphere. And dust. And dust. Okay. okay. So this is the first time they've actually... So Curiosity rover had a little shovel and it scooped dirt. Actually, I think they call it... Was it the little rover? Fine. They call it Martian fines. Fines, yeah. It's, really, it's dust, it's dust, sand, and something yeah. else. So was it, it the little it rover that could? And put it in the oven and analyzed it. Come on, it was the little rover that could. Yes, that's yeah. pretty funny. It's a little easy bake oven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in its little 850 degrees Celsius. 35. Easy Apparently, your parents didn't love you enough and bought you the cheap, not 850 <laughs> degrees Celsius easy bake oven. <laughs> oh, that would burn a lot of children. That's not safe. Only if your children are dumb. This is getting really dark, you guys. So that was, that was like an incandescent bulb. Science cannot halogen. move forward without burned children. So they found that two percent of the soil on the surface is made of water. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That's really pretty cool. How much is Earth's made of? Uh, Earth is more than that. I heard it's about eight times as much in the soil. In our, our it soil. has to be at least that wasn't, three that, times bigger. That's, that, that's actually the, that's that's a real number. You're, you're not just no, it's a real number. It's a real number. Me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Earth has about eight times as much water, so it's not like. We never expected water in the soil because we have it on Earth. But no, no, I'm not. No, I mean, we're just nobody thinks that Mars had as much water as Earth did. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's stupid to believe that. Well, right now, I mean, <clears throat> Mars does have water. They found it at the polar caps, but they thought almost all the water was frozen in the ice caps. Okay, I have a question for for you guys, and this is sort of like a theoretical question about, or maybe it's not that theoretical, but um, what? Do you guys, do you guys think that you know, like the Martian water that they, you know, they find all those canyons and like river dry riverbeds on Mars all the time, mm-hmm. was that because the sun was stronger a few, like a billion or so years ago, and that and Mars was actually within the habitable zone? What? 
Meaning what? It got somehow closer? Well, okay, there's there's that habitable zone that we think could support life. Correct. Sure. With that in, it's like a certain set distance from the sun, but you also know that the that habitable zone will shrink, will actually move closer to the sun as the sun dies. Yes, until the sun expands and then and then goes no explodes all. Yeah, but when it was younger, was the sun? I think Mars is technically still in the habitable zone. It's just cold. Well, that's, and there's a but, few reasons for that. Mars is all right. So th- two things: Mars is geologically dead. So it used to have a spinning core, and a so that generated a magnetic field around it, which protected it from the cosmic rays, which would kill everything. I mean, you know, you hear about astronauts getting cancer and all that crazy stuff yeah. because there's no Earth's magnetic field to protect them. But also, there is no plate tectonics. So on Earth, plate tectonics generates a lot of heat. I mean, we have volcanoes and all that, and Mars has, and it's the it's the largest volcano in the entire. Solar, solar system. system. It's Olympus Mons. Yep. But, Recall seeing a documentary about Olympus Mons when uh, Fry and Bender uh, <laughs> took all the bugalo on a cattle drive. Oh, <laughs> okay. a future on. Okay. So Olympus Mons is, is the biggest again. volcano in the solar system simply because Mars uh, is geologically dead. They found the second biggest volcano in the solar Where's system. Where is that? Uh, under the ocean. Oh, oh on gosh. Earth. In That's Earth. right. Thought... That's right. <laughs> so... Because of that, there's no heat generated geothermically uh, on the, across the whole planet. Why was I bringing this up? It's been a while. We were ta- we've been talking for like 10 minutes. I was minutes asking since. why the water is no longer liquid. Talking about volcanoes oh, of heat and habitable okay. zone, which was Mars cold. is far away, and it has no atmosphere because it has no magnetic field. So probably when Mars was... I don't know, I'm not a... Planetary geologist. He's not a Martian historian. Not a Martian historian or a planetary geologist or whatever it would be that would know this. Uh, but I think that when it had a protected magnetic field and was geologically active, then it, it would have had more atmosphere. Because I think that protects it from the solar wind stripping away the gas. So probably less atmosphere makes it colder and freezes everything. So basically, and not what having are we the saying? geothermal heat. Maybe okay. the ancient Martians should have. Uh, Sent a team of people into the into their core to restart it with explosives, like in that one movie, The Core. All you have to do is nuke the core of Mars. That's it. Nukes solve everything. They remember that one documentary about the how the sun was going out, so they sent an entire spaceship full of bombs to restart it. I don't think that was a documentary. That was absolutely a documentary. <laughs> I saw it on TV. It must be true. <laughs> so they heated up the soil to eight hundred thirty-five degrees C. Eight hundred thirty-five. Whatever. Talk about that. Yes, and but, they, they found water in it. And because of the temperatures that came out of that, it's not just like that the soil is wet sand. It was trapped inside amorphous areas. So it's like there was water when these rocks were formed, is what I interpret that as. Yeah. Like there are... There are uh, well, they also yeah, said so they found carbonate material, which car- is... Carbonate. Found carbonate materials which form in the presence of water. Oh, that's correct. So that, in addition to the fact that they also found the water there... I mean... So they found water and evidence of water. Correct. That's the, pretty cool. Is my understanding. The upshot of this is that water is a lot more widespread than they initially thought. Yeah. And so that's, that's that's good. And that's pretty... I mean, is that good? I mean... Well, it's it's too It's too late for us to save Mars, man. Yeah. This is this is, this is is not like an ecological disaster in the making. It's uh, the planet's dead. Well, I mean, <clears> haven't <throat> you heard of, like, the plans, the, the ways that we could possibly, like... Inhabit. Inhabit other Terraform. planets. Terraform. Terraform. We would have to nuke Mars and 
or increase the CO2 in the atmosphere so much that it would get Martian warming. And Are you... Are you saying that nukes do solve everything? You heard it here, folks. The core is actually a documentary about how we're going to save Mars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We just need to get it geologically active again. There you go. Exa- perfect. That's perfect. And you know what will do that? Also, nukes. That's perfect. Yeah. Also get... I mean, we can also get rid of all of our nuclear stockpile. There you go. We must nuke Mars. We have to, to nuke save Mars. Earth. But that was also itself. Uh, itself. Okay. It, was, it was also the same idea for cooling down Venus to make it habitable. Was nuke Venus and cover it with dust. To, so, so nukes will also make it warmer and they'll make it cooler. They're like and duct tape. They just do everything. God, Perfect. Nuclear duct tape. Will they clean what? my kitchen? What will can't they do nukes? My if you launch a nuke into your kitchen, I guarantee you that <laughs> it's, it's dirty. Its dirtiness will be the least of your problems. <laughs> Unless I go into that, like, lead refrigerator like Harrison Ford did in that one movie. Indiana Jones. That's, he was... that's not a real movie. They only made three. But you know what else involves nukes? Or Armageddon? Armageddon involves nukes. They... No, 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 it didn't. We're talk... what, which one is, what's the other one? Deep yeah. Impact. That is the movie I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. But I... we might not have to do something so silly, even though clearly launching a nuke at the asteroid would have worked and that movie was BS. Anyway, in the movie Deep Impact, they all they launch a nuke at an asteroid to save Earth or whatever. But with this next scientific revelation or whatever that they're talking about doing in this paper that I only half read, but you're they're, they're going to shoot lasers yeah. at asteroids to deflect them. is titled Mode-Locked Lasers Applied to Deflecting a Near-Earth Object in a Collision Course with Earth. Uh, it's from Richard Fork at University of Alabama Huntsville, and it's not actually published. It's posted in the archive. So it doesn't say that it's going to be published yet. Usually people update the archive when they're published, but uh, it's not on there yet. Usually the archive has articles that people are fairly confident will be published, though. So we're going to assume that this is correct. So what they're talking about is that they propose, they they did a simulation, and they proposed that you could use lasers to deflect an asteroid, which, okay, we talked about that before, but what they're talking about is they're talking about... Sorry to interrupt, weren't they going to, like, shoot 
specific satellites to deflect lasers onto the asteroid? Or were you getting to that? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot okay. of, I mean, for years we've talked about, oh, we can use a laser to deflect an asteroid. But what they're talking about specifically is shooting out microsatellites that would go surround the asteroid and shoot very short laser pulses to deflect the asteroid. The concept that we're talking about here differs from previous proposals to, to shoot lasers at asteroids because that shit is rad. <clears throat> but science and engineering are rad. Oh my gosh, it's like this podcast theme. Unbelievable. Oh, it's, like in, it's like in a movie when they mention the title in the movie. I know, it's so oh rad. Oh my gosh. the fourth wall? There, it's a podcast. There's nothing but fourth wall. There's no other walls. But the concept is that previous proposals for this were saying that they were, were, they were thinking about firing a continuous laser beam at the asteroid. Now, that would work, but the power costs are prohibitive, so you couldn't really... Yeah. Like, like, in theory, you could definitely deflect it with a continuous laser beam, but power costs prohibitive, so you couldn't re- you'd have to wait until it was very, very close so you could actually have like the power source on Earth and whatnot. Yes. With these, my, these satellites that they're going to launch, they'll send those little like nanosecond pulses. Femtosecond. So that's 10 to the minus 12. Seconds. Oh my god! That's a second divided by a trillion! <laughs> but so the concept there is that they fire these really very, very, very brief pulses. So that'll keep, I believe, the power cost down to below 10, 10 kilowatts? Yeah, something like that. I think it was about 10 kilowatts. Which is, as you might notice, a hell of a lot less than you know the average apartments at the power usage. Yeah. A lot less. A yeah. lot, lot less. So uh, continuous power lasers are crazy. They don't really, they're not very strong because mm-hmm. they use so much, too much power. And they're almost all like giant devices. They're almost all chemical uh, instead of solid state lasers. So this 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 paper is talking about microsatellites. So they use solid state lasers that shoot these femtosecond laser pulses that are very strong. And it didn't actually say a, a wavelength, or maybe it did, and I didn't I missed it. But they were talking about forty millijoules in less than one picosecond. So well, a picosecond is bigger than a femtosecond. Pico is ten to the negative twelve, isn't it? Yeah, and femto is sorry, femtosecond is to the negative fifteenth. Femto is 15, and Just what's Googled Pico it. is 12, Pico right? Pico is 12, yeah. Okay. So it's bigger than a femtosecond. There, so I 40 millijoules in one Meaning it in takes less more than a picosecond. Yeah, so it's longer. And what they've said is this interesting analogy was in the paper, and they say that the energy is about 8 meganewtons during the pulse. And what they did was they compared that to the recently retired space shuttle that was only between two and three meganewtons. And that's what shot our astronauts into space for many years. Now we just send them to Russia, and Russia sends them into space. In Russia, well, space comes to you. Well, we're building Orion. We are building Orion. I don't like Orion. Curious. So they say the space shuttle is... They say two is to three, three meganewtons. Meganewtons. Oh, but that's continuous. Continuous. Really? So, theoretically... Okay, so if I understand, so that's like the lift, right? That's that's being generated by the, the booster rockets. Is that what they were saying? Yes. So theoretically, if you had a bank of these, um, just like a, a huge bank of these tiny lasers for doing that, couldn't you just have continuous firing and use that as a launch system? Well, what about the energy? Um, maybe, but others? that would probably cost a lot more. Yeah. I'm but saying what they're talking about is, but right, I'm, but I'm saying this simulation was to 
deflect a 10,000 megaton near-Earth object. So that's about the same size as the one that hit Chelyabinsk. Chelyabinsk. The one that you all saw on the internet with all the jokes saying in Soviet Russia, asteroid strikes you. Yeah, it was back in 2012, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, with the guy filming it from his car. They said within several months they would be able to deflect a near-Earth object the size of that one. About 10,000 millitons. So... It takes a long time because it's only yes, it's it's eight Sorry, meganewtons, but it, it's less than a picosecond. It is only it millitons lasts. or megatons. You keep off. Did I say millitons? You did. Oh no, millitons is very small. I agree that it's very small. So you meant megatons, I, right? I absolutely meant megatons. Okay. Can you can you clarify for the audience what a megaton is as a unit of weight? Or Mega mass? is one million. That's a million so, times a ton. So ten thousand megatons is really... 1 times 10 to the 10 tons. 1 times 10 to the 10. So it's 10,000 million tons. I hate saying that. That's how the news says it. 10,000 no. million tons. <laughs> it's just however you want to like talk about the zeros. The, number of, the, the amount of zeros there it. are. It's a lot. It's, a it's very... Okay. All right. First, it's a lot, but it's not a super lot. Now, Will I they do, do it? Actually... Do you think it'll work? Well, according to the paper, it'll well, work. Actually, I just wanted, the reason I wanted to clarify megatons is because when most people hear the word megatons, they immediately think of atomic blasts. Bombs. Yeah. Because can we elaborate on the difference between a megaton as a unit of mass and a megaton as a unit of how much is going to be blown up? Of pressure? Of course. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how bomb pressure is, me- is measured. <clears throat> that's, that's your department. It's force, isn't it? I resent the implication that I designed missiles. Well, you you did design missiles. Basically, the concept behind this is it's totally sweet. It doesn't leave any new, messy nuclear residue. And uh, it's awesome. It's totally rad. And I think we should try it. Because if we, well, like, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to detect an, a near-Earth object within a few years. NASA is watching all sorts of stuff. We're, it's not like we're not going to see it. No, we, we definitely see them coming, and it's really freaky. There was like a near Earth object. There was a, I think just a couple of years ago, an extinction level ass, like, you know, yeah. spit object actually passed within like. All right, uh, extinction level is kind of crazy because, I mean, the one that hit and extincted the dinosaurs was huge. That was and yet, adorable. And yet, tons of species survived. Mammals survived. It gave mammals the, the thing that they needed Evolution. to survive, the okay. evolutionary advantage, and. Dinosaurs still sort of survived because they evolved into Rep- birds. Reptiles. Okay, birds. And, and reptiles. Also, I just want to point out, okay, so extinction level is, that's just what they call it. It's not necessarily saying that we will all go extinct. It still will suck. Oh, absolutely, it'll suck. For a really long time. We'll just go to Mars because now we know how to do that. Because we, we have a robot on Mars. That would solve that's all problems. Because we're ro- robots like Terminator. I just... We're not talking. Deflected. We're talking about colonizing Listen. Mars. We're not talking about this. This is sim- simple. This is cheap. This is quick. People will love this. Lasers. No, people will love this. Yeah. This will get funded if it becomes published and gets picked up, and they decide this could get funded. This Absolutely. could definitely be. This is a viable, workable and idea. It seems reasonable because yeah, these laser pulses very... can be generated by solid state devices. You can shoot out little satellites real fast. Everything and... about this is just like. Screams viable. Like feasible. Yeah, yeah this is good. And this yes, works. The only issue is that you have to know about it years ahead of time, which 
We do. We we will. When do they expect that it'll hit? Do you know? No, we no know we, no. They mon- they monitor. Yeah, they monitor all um all objects like Larger above a, above a, a above a certain size. Right. They monitor all of them to sure. like if, if they're going to be on if they're on like an Earth collision course or a potential yeah. collision course. Mm-hmm. But basically, if, if there's something big lumbering its way towards the sun, sure. we'll know pretty soon. Yeah. Okay. So I, in most cases, we'll know pretty soon. And we do have, and it's not like we're defenseless. We can just launch a nuke at it. We could, but there are arguments against nukes, namely that if it if there's a failure with the launch vehicle, it could leave a radioactive toxic cloud killing. Nobody thousands. likes nukes. I like nukes. Yeah, I like. I like, I like. I work for a defense contractor. <laughs> I like nuclear power. I think it's totally rad. Nuclear power is rad. But oh my gosh! Different. What about all the nuclear waste, buddy? You know what? Never mind. This is a whole separate topic. We'll leave it. We'll, we'll go. We'll put I'm it in sorry. The Let's compare nuclear waste to carbon dioxide and global warming. What? What's worse? Having one little mountain Ooh, with nuclear waste this in it, just or got having political. the entire Earth? Warming. I don't think you understand. We could just make polar bears. We could just mail all the. Do you like polar bears? Let's just put all the. Do you? Why would we just yeah. put all the stuff in like they're, North they're, Canada or Siberia? Nobody lives there. Who cares? No Canadians live in the parts of Canada we would send the nuclear waste to. There's also Obviously. talks about sending the nuclear waste to the bottom of the ocean <gasps> where nobody lives. You'd send it to space. I don't see why we don't send it to the again. Sun. It's mostly because they're worried that the rocket will explode. I still think it's like, dude, do you see how many wa- rockets we launch a year? And that don't explode. That don't explode? Yeah. We would be fine, bro. Yeah. The worst that happens is, oh no, we can't dock with the ISS for another six days. Sorry, Cygnus. Oh, I don't care. That wasn't our bad. That was NASA's bad. <laughs> our, our launch vehicle worked perfectly. It was awesome. Yeah, it was just the software. It was just the software. It was not a... Uh... So did we cover all the articles you were We have to? covered all of the articles. And it only took us half an hour longer than we thought. Oh, no, we've been recording for two minutes. Two hours. Two minutes. I said a half hour longer than we <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Wow. Awesome. We've been recording for two hours? How are you going to just cut this to one? Is this going to be a, a super long bonus episode? No, 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 we'll, it'll, it'll cut down. Oh, it'll cut it. down, yeah. I all right. There, I don't think there was an hour of wastage in there, man. There, well... Okay, well, thank you for listening to this uh, very scattered episode of the Laser Podcast. Were previous episodes more focused than this? A little bit. Not as much. Yeah, nothing has been as bad so far. Nothing's been this bad? Nothing has you been this You mean this great? You mean amazing? Hello? Do you guys have a sign-off? Did your face have a sign-off? Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time while Cameron Copa... Copas? 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 Goes off traffic. Off track. I went off topic. Excuse me. <laughs> it was mostly you making. <laughs> I don't know if that was you. So while Cameron Copas deviates from topic with his next week's guests. Okay, thank you for listening to the Laser Podcast. Hopefully next week we'll be a little bit more on topic. Uh, if you have any questions, you can contact us at. You can send an email at contact at laserpodcast.com. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure people know how what contact us means an email. I'm going to send him some smoke signals in the hopes that he'll see it. I'll send him a candy gram. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. You, guys, if you send us a candy oh, gram, candy. we will like talk about you on the show forever. Every single episode. That's... So that would be really annoying. So if you want to be really annoying, please send a candy gram. All right. 
Thank you for listening to Laser. If you want to suggest a topic for the show in the future or you have any comments or questions about what we talked about today or in the past, you can send us an email at contact at laserpodcast.com or you can contact us on Twitter. Our username is at laserpodcast. You can leave a comment on the website, laserpodcast.com, and you can now find us on Stitcher Radio. So you can download the Stitcher app to your phone if you just want to listen to the episodes streaming there. We're not on iTunes yet, but hopefully we will be before you hear this show. And all right, thanks again. Bye. Later, taters. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Laser, the Material Science Podcast. Please send any feedback, complaints, or corrections to contact at laserpodcast.com, or you can leave a comment on the website. You can follow us on Twitter, at LaserPodcast, like us on Facebook and Google+. And now you can find us on both Stitcher Radio and the iTunes Store, where you can give us a rating or leave comments for any potential listeners. Our intro music is Open from Crying, and our outro music is Dreams Are Maps from The Wild. If you have any questions, you can... Keep it slappy. Keep it slappy? That's your sign-off? It could be. Okay. Chick it sleazy? What about the thing you said? Stay crisp. What about the... I like to stay crisp. All right. Hang on. Hang out in the crisper drawer to stay crisp. Oh my gosh, I read this thing on the internet. I was like, he used to be called a jumpoline until like 1975 when your mom went on it. <laughs> what is this? I don't even. I just. I can't. I can't. You guys haven't seen that? It's so funny. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're done with this podcast. We can't top that. That's great. <laughs> All the podcasting is over. <laughs> we're done. Oh, we didn't know. We're done looking at mice. I now know what mice smell like. Carbonate. Yeah, I heard carbonate. I said carbonate. No, Han Solo was was frozen in carbonate. <sighs> I'm gonna punch your face. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I really liked it. Really liked what? I'm going on <laughs> podcast record saying that I enjoyed Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh my gosh, I thought you were going to go there, but why did you go there? I didn't. Aliens? I didn't like the last 20 minutes. The last 20 minutes were, they were actually... They're like the culmination no. of the whole did you point see? of the movie. No, there was, there was what a... is going on with this shared, vivid hallucination you both have? <laughs> they didn't make a fourth Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> Wait, did you see the... Like, I mean, they made all those young Indiana Jones movies. Oh, those were awesome. Those young Indiana totally Jones Totally rad. Totally but they awesome. did, they only made three movies with Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. I'm sorry. That's just, that's true. I, I think... This is my head canon, and you must respect it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Chase is in denial. That's okay. Um, yeah. We'll still accept it. I liked it. I didn't, I, the last you 20 minutes it. were from the other movie. The one with the aliens? The one with the aliens. No, the actual other movie with the aliens that came out at the same time. And it had Nicholas, oh, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage. Cage. had Nicholas Cage in it. Nicholas Cage and the aliens? Yeah, Nicholas Cage and aliens. It was I like think... premonitions or like so numbers or knowing. Was, I think it was called knowing. The, Nicholas Cage is awesome. You know, there's actually a site that's called Nicholas Cage is the One True God. Did you know that we're talking about stupid internet phenomenon now, as opposed to science? Well, okay. he said he liked the last twenty minutes. He didn't like the last twenty minutes of Crystal Skull. The last twenty minutes of but Crystal Skull belonged to this other movie. You, you know, know what else? You know what but wait, what was the movie about? What movie are we getting? Did nobody see Deep Impact? No, me? I didn't did. see any of these. I didn't see Deep Impact. Deep Impact had Frodo in it. And also, uh, and also, Morgan Freeman was the president. Morgan also Freeman God was always the president. So no, no, Morgan Freeman or was... God. Or God. Yeah, no, Morgan Freeman was president in this movie, and uh, this is back in the 90s. Like, well, early 90s. Know, <laughs> or God? <laughs> Monty Python references, really? Is that where we're going with this? Sorry. Well, I didn't vote for it. I just watched it. <laughs> just watched it the other day. I'm sorry. I had... I, it's so good. <laughs> Very, very short. Austin Powers reference. Oh my god. Laser. Very, very short laser pulses. Tractor beam. (laughs) But. I have no idea. How much. You know what? The reason we're gonna do semantics is because on every test in school we got marked off because it wasn't in the right freaking units that we needed. Hang on. Can I just say. system does Orbital use? Like every U.S. space agency, it uses Imperial units. I know, I hate it too. Why? I don't know. Why do you use Imperial units? Every time I have to say, every time... Can we get back on track to the Megatons? Fine. Megatons. I just want to point this out. I definitely cracked up my boss the other day. With SpaceX The other month, no, with, uh, by calling, by inadvertently calling Mills, which is a thousandth of an inch, a thou. (laughs) Which I think is a lot more apt, and I think we should definitely use that from now on. (laughs) What about Kips? Which are a thousand pounds. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. I hate it. I 